It's just after 8 o'clock in the big city. It's time for America's favorite Las Vegas sports show, Sports X Radio with Ken Thompson. <laughs> yeah. What up? Party's going on. Duh. Going to a party. Sports X Radio with Ken Thompson is brought to you by Hannah Shea Boyle and Rabapudi. Trial lawyers that get results. Visit PSBRLaw.com. Steiner's Pub, a true Nevada style pub with three locations one on Cheyenne, one on Buffalo, and one on the south end of the strip. Steiner's Pub. We love this place. Preventative Diagnostic Center. Book your non invasive scan today. Day for peace of mind. Visit pdcenterlv.com. Rob Ritchie, Farmers Insurance, 702-335-5744. 702-335-5744. Laborers Union 872, the builders of Allegiant Stadium and the Las Vegas Ballpark, home of the Aviators. Promodirect.com. Use K-10 for a 10% discount on your promotion items order. Promodirect.com and by William Hill Racing Sportsbook, America's leading racing sportsbook. Visit WilliamHill.us. So get ready because Sports X Radio with Ken Thompson starts now. now. All right, KT Live on a Friday Fiasco Live, PSBR Law Studios here in Las Vegas, and a great show in store for you. The Golden Throat, the voice of the Vegas Golden Knights, Dan Duba, going to join me in a couple minutes, going to talk all about the big series and the big game tomorrow against the Edmonton Oilers, game two at the Fortress, Golden Knights lead the series one game to none. Richard Badging, Finley Toyota, out of town scoreboard, 114-102 Celtics, take a 2-1 lead over Mark Hoke's Sixers, get into that a little bit later. Uh, they get the win, game gets open over the total, and Celtics 2-1 now. They lead game four coming up in Philly on Sunday. Sixers will try and get it even, send it back to Beantown. Meanwhile, the Suns on a little bit of a run now, down two games to none at home against the Nuggets. No Chris Paul in the lineup. So far, so good. 45-39 Phoenix, 6.50 to go in the first half. Meanwhile, on the ice tonight, all Carolina, the Hurricanes big time. No score after one, but then they put in Four against Jersey in the second period, and they coast to a 6-1 to victory over the Jersey Devils. Nice effort there by Carolina. They now lead that series two games to none. They'll head back to the Garden State. Short turnaround. They'll play game three on Sunday. Meanwhile, Major League Baseball, games going now. Tigers trying to hold on at St. Louis. Top nine, they lead it 5-4. Montgomery on the losing end right now. St. Louis, worst record in the National League. Meanwhile, Houston, a 4-0 lead in Seattle. That is top five. 3-0 Texas in Orange County leading the Angels. That is top six. And 12-8. Yes, the soon-to-be Las Vegas A's could get a W tonight in Kansas City as they put up some insurance runs and uh, open it up from 9-8 to now 12-8, top nine. Meanwhile, National League, Arizona 3-1, top six. In Phoenix, leading Washington four to one. Padres four unanswered now lead the Dodgers and Clayton Kershaw. That is four to one. Top six at Petco and two to two. Top four Milwaukee and San Francisco. Both teams tallying twice in the first inning. I'll get all the other finals a little bit later. The Brooklyn Baller Noah Parker. He'll be breaking down all the NBA basketball for the upcoming weekend and of course the series. Get you all caught up on the review on the two games tonight against Celtics win and Suns are up six. 6.50 to go in the first half, but it's time to talk puck with one of the best in the business. He is the voice of our Vegas Golden Knights. He is Dan Duva. My first chance to talk to Dan. 
And, uh, Dan, I'm telling you, I've been listening to you for a while. It is great to have the Golden Knights back where they belong in the postseason. And right now, a one-game-to-none lead over Edmonton. But before we get rolling on the series, Dan, I wanted to get a little background for the listeners Sports X Radio on Dan Duva and how he made it to be the voice of the Vegas Golden Knights. Welcome to the show, Dan. Hi, Ken. Great to be with you. Well, I'll, well, I'll tell you this. How about this for a coincidence? For your listeners who might have been tuning in to the program immediately before yours, the Guy Benson Show, which is, of course, uh, 6 to 8 here on KDON. Guy Benson is one of my best friends. We started our broadcasting career together in Ridgewood, New Jersey, in high school. Nice. We broadcast wow. sports together, and uh, we were going to go to different universities. I wanted to go to Syracuse, and Guy wanted to go to Northwestern. And um, then we decided, well, how are we going to keep working together? Cape Cod Baseball, the best college baseball summer league. We did the chat amaze. If uh, you or your listeners may have seen Summer Catch with Jessica Field and Freddie Prince Jr., the team in real life is the chat amaze, and we broadcast that team for four years. And a uh, guy, who, of course, has got on to news and politics, does a terrific job with the Guy Benson show. Uh, and then, uh, obviously, for me, it ended up in, in sports, which has been fantastic, and they they keep offering me hockey jobs, Ken, so I keep taking them. So uh, in the home state of New Jersey, the Trenton Devils, which was New Jersey's ECHL team, and then in the American Hockey League in Syracuse, New York. So they can't keep me out of Syracuse, I suppose. I uh, was there with the Crunch, the Lightning affiliate for five years, and a lot of the guys who have made it up uh, to the NHL with the Bolts, including head coach John Cooper and you know, Nikita Kucherov and Andre Vasilevsky and Alex Kalorn and now the Golden Knights, Jonathan Marcia. So uh, we were all in Syracuse, and and now here, believe it or not, six seasons. It seems like time has just gone in a blink. But yeah, six years now here with the Golden Knights. There you go. That is fantastic. And I did not realize you were from Ridgewood, Ridge, New Jersey. I actually grew up in Essex County at Fairfield. Went to West Essex High School, and then Mom got custody so of nice. me. Uh, yeah, there you go. That's right. That's right. The Scarlet Knights back in the day. Yes, no doubt. And uh, right there in North Caldwell, it was Fairfield, which is where I lived in Fairfield. And then, of course, Essex Fells, which was the little ritzy town where Don Crickey, the great announcer, and the Trapukas lived, uh, Kelly Trapuka. And Chris was actually, yeah, Chris was actually a freshman, I think, when I was a junior. And uh, then we, I remember, because my dad worked in Bloomfield, so we used to go and we used to watch Kelly Trapuca play high school ball, and this kid was absolutely phenomenal. We'd watch him in, yeah. the, in the Big Ten Conference. I mean, put up 40 spots and, you know, get double team, triple team. And then TK, I think it was uh, TK and Tracy, his two older brothers, they had a half-court gym in their backyard, and they would challenge anybody to three-on-three three back in the day. And that's, this is back in the day, I mean, way back, but I, I don't think they had ever been beaten three-on-three three on that home court. And uh, they would take on all comers. And, of course, Frank was the uh, legendary quarterback for Notre Dame, and Mom was a, a big-time swimmer, I think, at Notre Dame as well. But, yeah, the Garden State. And uh, that's so awesome, man, that we're connected there. And yeah, I knew Tom Viola. About, okay. Yeah, I'll, I'll tell you a quick story about Kelly Trapuca because he and I got to know each other. I mentioned growing up in, in Jersey the Yes Network had just been created, and he was doing the color commentary with Ian Eagle. And Ian has been a great uh, supporter of mine and mentor of mine. And I, I was a runner, you know, production assistant for the Yes Network, you know, in the beginning. And, and Kelly was, uh, you know, the analyst, and I uh, got to know those guys very well. And there was, uh, what, I forget the exact circumstances, but my high school, I played baseball in high school. We were playing Bloomfield. And okay. Ridgewood won, and then I, I had tickets. I wasn't working this particular Nets basketball game, but after we won on an afternoon, 
I went to the Nets game wearing my baseball jersey and went down to courtside. Of course, I knew everybody. Still wearing my Ridgewood baseball jersey. I said, hey, Kelly, Ridgewood 7, Bloomfield 5. <laughs> wow. That's it. And, 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 he, and he let you live to tell about it, too. That's pretty yeah, good. Yeah, exactly. Is that, well, I, was, I was restrained by the ushers, so he couldn't quite get to me at that point. But he, he gave me a hard time uh, the next time I was working with the crew. Dan, Dan, where's your allegiance to as far as growing up? Because, you know, you grew up in North Jersey. My mom was from PA, and then my dad was from Brooklyn, so we ended up in North Jersey. But my allegiance, of course, was nationally, because dad being from Brooklyn, so the anti-Yankee stories, I heard all about those growing up. But then, of course, it was Knicks and Rangers. And the Jersey Devils were actually the Colorado Rockies, because I'm much older than you. So, you know, they weren't Jersey. Then my brother, who's eight years younger, he's a Jersey Devil fan. So naturally, when they took out the Rangers uh, the other day, naturally the text came rolling in from my brother, I've got five sisters and a brother, but all the ones that remained in the Garden State, they've all jumped on that devil's bandwagon. Of course, they always send me the little memes from Seinfeld with uh, Putty there in the devil's jersey, right. of course. Oh, just great. And I, I, I just can't take it anymore. But I said, you know what? It's like horse racing. And I remember going to Meadowlands and Freehold Raceway, and there was something about betting on the entry. If you had the one and the 1A, you had two. So ah. I know I'm always going to root for the Rangers, but I love the Vegas Golden Knights. And I've been in Vegas 23 years. I've been following this team since, you know, the inception. And, and it is the true expansion team. It is the first professional team, you know, really that – grew up right here in Las Vegas, and it's very special, and it's very meaningful, and so the Raiders have transplanted, the the Aces have transplanted, we've got the A's on the way, but it's something about being born in Vegas, and that is all about the Knights. What an incredible history, and you've been part of it. Yeah, and and, you know, I I grew up a Devils fan, and you know, my dad had been (laughs) a sucker for the underdog, so when he was a kid, you know, there, there were no Devils, there were no Mets or Jets, he was you know, a supporter of the traditional uh, New York area teams. But then when the Jets arrived, originally the Titans of New York and, and of course, the New York Mets, he switched over to those teams. And then when the Devils came along, uh, definitely was Devils fan. So I kind of grew up. Um, <laughs> I, I was too young to know about the 86 or 88 Mets, but, you know, I came along and was rooting for Generation K and Bill Pulsifer and Jason Isringhausen and those guys, and they were terrible. Uh, the jet, my my family's had New York Jets tickets since the early seventies, and my childhood memories were listening to Marty Glickman doing the play-by-play. And nice, then, uh, you know. And then uh, they were terrible, of course. The one in fifteen, three and thirteen. But I love Boomer Esiason, and I love listening to Boomer then step into a broadcast role. And listen to um, you know Boomer and Marv Albert to the National Monday Night mm-hmm. Football broadcast, and uh, you know the Jets had a good couple of years there. Ninety uh, eight was fun with Vinny Testaverde, and then of course the Devils uh, won in ninety five, having lost to the Rangers in ninety four, which just crushed my childhood. But ninety five was great. Won again in two thousand. Uh, Robbie Fatorik had been the head coach of the Devils that ninety nine two thousand season, and his son went to West Essex High School. And we uh, we captured him for a pregame interview, and we grilled him. Uh, how come he didn't start Brodeur on back-to-back nights? And Lou Lamarillo must have been watching because with about eight games to go in that regular season, they fired Fatorik. Larry Robinson took over, and they won the Stanley Cup. That's another story. Then they won it again in '03, and, of course, the Mets got the World Series in 2000. So 
you can imagine just living in that area, listening to a lot of great announcers and a lot of fun teams. You know, the Yankees, I keep at arm's length, but as I mentioned, I mm-hmm. work in the Yes Network. Uh, all of that, you know, brought me into this position of just loving sports and talking about sports and, and all that is history. So then to be thrust into this position in Las Vegas, or just, uh, you know, you, you couldn't have imagined it. In all the, the wonderful sports moments that I lived through, you dream of, of capturing them like those great announcers did. So to have the ride that we've had here, I mean, the first season, just mind-boggling. You know, it was as we lived through it, but even now to look back on it with some uh, perspective. Um, you know, that first game of the Cup Final in, in 2018, uh, the, the back-and-forth nature of it, the fact that a lot of people had not seen Golden Knights hockey all year until the Stanley Cup Finals. Mike Emmerich was here. Of course, the longtime New Jersey Devils broadcaster, voice of hockey. He had not mm-hmm. broadcast or even seen a Golden Knights game until game one. And I think that'll still go down as one of my great memories here. Even though the, they lost the next four, it was their first ever four-game losing streak, games two, three, four, and five. But that game one, I think, will will stick with us. And, um, you know, a uh, handful of players, six of them, uh, are still part of the organization that, uh, you know, got to that point. And it is pretty neat how there has been an uh, – misfit identity that has continued on here um, just as the popularity has grown. There you go. Well, you know, it's good to be younger sometimes because, you know, you didn't have to, if you're a Rangers fan, have to go through watching the Islanders win four straight Stanley Cups, which I had to. And all I kept hearing from my dad was, son, I swear, 1940 was an incredible. Dad, I'm tired of 1940. Something. I mean, it's like, thank God, thank God for the uh, 1994 and Messier, and that's the only one that I have. And, of course, you talked about the 86 Mets. That was a year that was one of my favorite of all times. Of course, uh, the New York Giants end up winning the Super Bowl as well against Denver, their first Super Bowl. Bowl and then followed it up with a, a win over Scotty Norwood and the Buffalo Bills a few years later. So, yeah, I love that I grew up in Jersey, but I do love the West Coast. And I was in California for a while, but 23 years now here in the Vegas Valley, and I do love Vegas. Mm-hmm. And there's just something special. It's a, a smaller town than you would think. You know the back roads if you've been there for a while, so you know when to get off which freeways right. and, and whatnot. And then, you know, <laughs> driving to L.A., and I'll still go to some USC football games because I've been a Trojans fan for a long time since I was a kid. And, uh, you know, just coming back at 11 o'clock at night from a night game, you're still bumper-to-bumper traffic, you know, halfway back to Vegas to the 15. So it's insane. we got a little more traffic than we can bargain for right now. And, of course, everything's, you know, coming uh, to a head here with the A's moving here. And I think NBA probably just around the corner as well. But we've got NHL, we've got WNBA, and we've got a title with the Aces. And, of course, Mark Davis tied there to the Raiders as well. But the Golden Knights and uh, Mr. Foley, I know they're looking for big things, and I really think they have a great opportunity. If you can stick around, I just want to pay some bills right here, Dan, real quick, and then we'll come back, and then I want you to break down this series because what a game, game one against Edmonton. We knew this was going to be a barn burner of a series when these two teams got together, and I'm really looking forward to game two tomorrow, Saturday, and you'll be behind the mic. He is Dan Duva. Follow him on Twitter, at Dan underscore Duva, and uh, we will come back. Sportex Radio 101.5 FM, Dawn's streaming live on that Odyssey app. If you haven't downloaded it, do it now. It's a free app worldwide. A-U-D-A-C-Y. Ken Thompson live. PSBR Law Studios. Guest Dan Duva. Producer Mark Hoke. The Mark Hoke Show Sunday mornings 8 a.m. to 10 a.m. You like professional wrestling, you will love the Mark Hoke Show. We are both live on Odyssey. We'll be right back. Keep it right here.
Friday fiasco. Mark Hoke spinning the hits. KT talking with Dan Duva, the golden throw to the Vegas Golden Knights. And we're looking forward to a big game, two tomorrow at the Fortress. Knights lead the series one game to none, a 6-4 victory in game one. And, Dan, how weird is it that you have back-to-back game ones of second-round playoff games and you have a goal scorer that gets not a hat trick, but a four goal effort. And both teams don't score any more than those four goals, and they both lose. The Dallas Stars, of course, getting the four from Pavelski. They lose at home to the Kraken in overtime, 5 4. And then Dreisaitl with four goals for Edmonton. They lose at the Fortress to the Golden Knights, 6 to 4. But what a rarity and unbelievable how things happen sometimes. Yeah, the, the start to this year's Stanley Cup playoffs can have been logic defying. And you hit on one of the, the bigger aspects of that recently, a couple of four-goal scores and, and losing. And in the first round, the team that won the first game of the series lost six out of the eight series. I mean, that's wow. just wild. And then the, the, the road team record, and, and obviously Carolina won tonight, so that helps the home team record. But the road team uh, is way over 500. Uh, the Golden Knights have... Not lost yet on the road. They have one home loss in their six games so far. And then you throw in the major upsets of the Boston Bruins going down, the defending champion Avalanche going down. Yeah, I think a logic-defying Stanley Cup playoffs to start, and uh, we're not even halfway done with it. There you go. And, of course, those Panthers continue to skate well, and they lead Toronto now two games to none. They'll head back to the Sunshine State. So Maple Leafs fans thinking, hey, we got out of round one. But right now it could be short-circuited in round two, right? I mean, uh, things just get crazy, and there's a team hasn't won the Cup since 67. So, you know, uh, a lot of those fans optimistic after getting out of the first round. But the Golden Knights not making the postseason last year. And then, of course, you know, Leonard going down and question marks all over, you know, the Golden Knights team as far as in between the pipes. How will this team be able to move forward? We know the defense can be pretty good. We know the offense, when they're skating well, is darn good, up there with the best in the NHL. But how would this team come out of the gate, and what did they do? They struggled at the Fortress over at T-Mobile, but they really did take care of business on the road. How weird was that? You know, I mean, there you go. Uh, you're calling the games, and you're like, all right, back to a comfortable environment at T-Mobile. We're going to take care of business, and not the case early on in the season, but every time you went on the road big time games and you had that great call with that first win in Beantown against the Bruins <laughs> yeah that's right geez that seems like so long ago <laughs> uh, that's what happens over what's it 88 games played now yeah the, the, the weird thing is no one has a great explanation as to why the road teams have been successful there's uh, the same thread through the regular season um, for a lot of clubs, this continued in the playoffs. The Knights turned around their home performance as well. It was really a mark against them um, at stages earlier in the year. But they, they really, since the All-Star break, they've been just as good at home as they were on the road. Bruce Cassidy has said parity is probably the most likely reason for that. Um, then you filter in the idea of um, when you're away from home, there are fewer distractions. Uh, it just so happens that a number of Golden Knights players have – Uh, started young families and you know when you're home and there's lots of fun things to do with your family here fantastic fabulous las Las vegas um you know like when you're on the road it it can sometimes feel a little bit more like a a business trip and you're with the team so that you know there might be a little bit of that Uh, then there's just the lack of disparity of arenas you know other than like 
Calgary, which is a throwback, all of them are, you know, the rinks are the same. I mean, the boards, uh, the rink size, you know, not every building has the same type of glass and partition, but on the whole, uh, the, the rinks are very similar, uh, unlike, you know, you, you know, the old days where different building, you know, in Chicago, you had to, like, the, the ice level and ground level, you had to jump onto the ice. Like, there are all kinds of things. Like, the corners were not always the same curve. Um, not all rinks were 200 feet. So you, you had to figure those things out. Now, the Golden Knights don't even practice at T-Mobile Arena. All of their morning skates and practices are at a City National Arena because there really isn't that much difference in terms of the ice surface or any of the other things that they kick played or whatever. So it's hard to come up with an explanation, but uh, the, the numbers are what they are. You can't dispute them. Um, but it has been, um, you know, something that the team has built confidence in so that no matter where they go, even if it is a very hostile environment, like you mentioned in Boston earlier this year, or even going to Winnipeg and winning both games up there in the first round of the playoffs, no matter where this team goes, uh, I think that they've just got that confidence in their back pocket. They're not thrown off at all by playing in hostile environments. Yeah, no doubt. Laurent Brossois has been outstanding so far in the postseason, that first loss to Winnipeg, and got dominated pretty good by the Jets at T-Mobile in Game 1. And I thought even maybe a period and a half into Game 2. And I'm looking at Mark Stone and I'm saying, gosh, darn it, he missed 39 games. You could still see the rust, especially in Game 1. I thought he took, uh, you know, maybe the bad angle at Dubois who got the goal. And I just said, oh, man, I go, maybe he's just not ready. Maybe he's rushing himself back because he just wants to be in there. And lo and behold, they find a way to win game two, and now you can feel it. You can feel Mark Stone, the stamina, and you can just feel him getting stronger and stronger, and you feel like he's leading the way. Now, look, I know it's only one game in against Edmonton, and that game was at home. Tomorrow will be at home as well. Edmonton, we know how good that offense is. We know McDavid is just absolutely unbelievable with what he does skating around there, and then Dreisaitl is that other guy that can put it home, and if you're paying attention to McDavid too much, well, yeah, he had two assists, but the four goals by Dreisaitl helped them get on the board four times, but the big Vegas Golden Knights showed me something adversity-wise because you give up a uh, uh, 3-1 lead, it's tied at 3, you go back up 5-3, then 5-4, but you get the empty netter by Eichel and you win that game 6-4, but they got to follow it up. Talk to me about the importance of tomorrow's game at home before you head to Alberta. It was interesting to hear, Ken, how a number of the Oilers, Dreisaitl included, did not believe that the Oilers came anywhere close to their best game. It was a B or a C performance. Well, they lost, and they gave up six goals, so I guess that's understandable. But they all scored four times, and you kind of run the balance of, you know, shooting yourself in the foot as opposed to giving the opposing team credit. And, you know, anytime you lose, you're going to try to find the the right way to spin it. You know, the Oilers have lost the first game of a series seven times in a row. And they came back to win first round this year and the first two rounds last year won't be surprised if they managed to, to bounce back in, in this series as well but you know, I think that, uh, that the Golden Knights while they were um, prepared very well there was a lot of time between the end of the Knights first round they were the first team to clinch and then they were the last team to begin the second round so you talk to the players they're pretty pleased with the game plan um you know for example like they liked their penalty kill and it was it was good they gave up that goal to dry early on and it was it was just nuts it wasn't so much that the plan wasn't there that they didn't have a good sense of what they wanted to do but they were just a beat off um, they didn't want to use the excuses the time in between but you can kind of get that feeling in other words 
While the Oilers might think that they didn't have their best game in game one, I think the Golden Knights feel that they can be even sharper. They like what they did. They won the game, but they think they can even be sharper with the plan that they had against the Oilers. Um, they gave up the two power play goals, but they also scored two power play goals with that empty netter for Michael, which was, in fact, technically a power play goal. Think about it. Jack has three postseason power play goals. He had two all regular season. In other words, you, you just figure that the Golden Knights are going to be sharper than they were in game one. Oilers, maybe two. And that's why these are the two best teams in the Western Conference. And that you look at the standings, Vegas was two points better than Edmonton. So uh, you know, Oilers had lost a game in regulation since March 11th. And they won the last nine of the regular season. Uh, in the playoffs, their only two losses were in overtime. So you, you think about you know the, the home ice advantage and all that. This year it's kind of wacky. But you know the Knights have uh, that 1-0 series lead. and You'd love to be able to take a 2-0 series lead going to Edmonton. Oilers will chalk it up to, even if they don't win tomorrow, they'll say, hey, you know, the Knights were supposed to win at home. It's going to be a long series. But when you think about how much McDavid and Dreisaitl and those guys play, the longer it goes, the more grueling it becomes. How effective can they be? You know, they're still the best players in the world, but they take long shifts. And if it's a long game, especially if the games go at any point into overtime, as the playoffs get later and later, and there's, there's an attrition factor there. Meanwhile, the Golden Knights, um, it's the opposite. You know, they have short shifts. They use all four lines. You get uh, contributions up and down the lineup, whether it's Barbashev, you know, Brett Howden has been one of the standout players. Mike Amadio with an overtime game-winning goal and has another one last game. So the Knights can uh, contribute um, up and down the lineup, and they've got uh, a great uh, superiority in depth. So that, that's kind of how I'm looking at game two. Yeah, and Ed, you mentioned Barbashev and Amadio. Yeah, a lot of fun to watch some of the faces that weren't here. You talked about the Stanley Cup Finals and, of course, against Washington. Some of those faces are still there, but there's a lot of new faces. And to see some of the young kids move forward and uh, play with so much confidence, it's a lot of fun. And I really feel like Vegas is going to be a magical place again as the playoffs continue. But, again, big game tomorrow. How important in your mind? Because we talked about the Golden Knights' success on the road, but it seems like they're playing better at home, but I just feel like going up to Alberta, if you're tied at one, they're looking at it like we're going to get these two and then send it back to Vegas up 3-1. They feel, I'm sure, up in Canada, uh, far away from Vegas, that they've got enough of a uh, home ice advantage that they should be able to take care of business on their home ice. Vegas, we talked about them struggling early in the year at T-Mobile, but then you know, doing dynamic things on the road, but really seem to have right in the ship as far as at home. How important is it to win game two tomorrow to go to Edmonton up 2-0? Yeah, you know what? And, and of course, you'd love to be able to take a 2-0 series lead. But I also think about, you know, part of the road success is certain teams try to play matchups. Bruce Cassidy does not chase matchups. You know, who's going to play against McDavid? Who's going to play against Dreisaitl? Now, the Golden Knights don't try to play that game. Um, whereas the Oilers, you know, they went at home, will play that game. They're going to, with the benefit of last change, they're going to put McDavid and Dreisaitl on the ice against lines that are perhaps not the Knights' standout lines. But, again, like, think about Mark Stone, Chandler Stevenson, and Brett Howden, the most productive line for Vegas in the playoffs so far. That's their third line. So pick your poison, Edmonton Oilers. And then you think about those other guys. You know, William Carlson's had a terrific series, points in five out of the six games, but especially defensively. The Knights were so good, um, you know, taking the puck away from Connor McDavid. Eichel at the end and the empty netter is the, the highlight of that. 
Um, but, you know, I, I mentioned that depth again, because if, if the Oilers try to play matchup and try to get certain lines on against others, I don't know where you go. And then you look at someone like Jonathan Marcheseau or Riley Smith. I mean, these are guys who have been the franchise postseason leaders, and neither of them have a goal yet. They've been close. They've had assists. But, you know, like the Knights have not, even though they are healthy and they have won, now five of the six playoff games and five in a row, like they still, I don't believe, are clicking on all cylinders yet. Like Shea Theodore, had, you know, missed one game. Now he hasn't scored a goal yet. He had a tip in that uh, ended up being his assist. But, like, think about those three offensive weapons, Marcia So, Smith, and Theodore. Those three guys have been an engine for this franchise offensively, and neither, uh, not one of them, those three, has a goal yet. Like, that's going to change at some point here. And it, I, that's where I just come back to the importance of game two, as you ask, and, and going into potentially Edmonton, either split 1-1 one, one or, or up uh, two games to none. You know, I, I think that the Knights are still building their game to the point where we haven't quite seen them at their best yet. Yet their best so far has been pretty darn good. He is Dan Duva, the voice of the Golden Knights, as we finish up. And, Dan, you know, when you look at, uh, you know, the statistics that we know, the goals and the assists, and those are the ones that glorify a lot of the faces that we know and the fans know. But then there's guys like Alec Martinez and, Block shots. I mean, we don't talk about that too much, but how important is it for somebody like that or some of the other defensemen? You mentioned Theodore and Petrangelo and McNabb and Haig and Whitecloud and these guys to step up and make sure that they're following guys like McDavid and Dreisaitl wherever they go and take shots that, you know, are going to hurt. We don't, we don't see them in the Whirlpool later on or with all these black and blue marks uh, from these block shots, but somebody like an Alec Martinez has stepped up all season long doing that. Yeah, and the thing about Alec Martinez, when you bring up the block shot stat to him and led the league, led the Knights, of course, he's just made it into an art form. But when you suggest it to him, he says, I like scoring goals better. <laughs> you, know? <laughs> you know, he's just he, – because he not only is a tremendous professional athlete, his teammates call him a warrior, but he also has that sense of humor that really uh, – I think gives a boost to the room. The intangibles around this group, I think, are the strongest since the first year. I know Phil Kessel hasn't played the last couple of playoff games, but he's still around. Jonathan Quick, you know, hasn't even dressed for these playoff games, but he's still around the room. You know, those those guys, the presence, um, you know, will get overlooked. Uh, You know, just the character, uh, the experience. You know, Petrangelo and Barbashev won a cup in St. Louis. Martinez and Quick won a couple of cups in Los Angeles. Uh, you know, like you, and don't forget Chandler Stevenson winning a cup against Vegas when he played for Washington. You know, like that experience, you know, all of the the number of playoff games these guys have had, like it all comes together. So those intangibles, the underrated aspects, the physicality, the the block shots that you bring up, like those guys all recognize it. Like they're not relying on a stat sheet or a highlight reel to determine how they value their teammates or how they value their success. Uh, they all know it. And uh, it seems to me the, the, the depth and the appreciation for each other, um, you know, it, it, you've got a really solid mix here of some young guys who've figured it out, like your white clouds and your Hakes. You've got those veteran guys, as I mentioned, who seemingly have been around forever, like Phil Kessel and Alec Martinez, who are just about my age, you know, like they've been around a long time. Uh, but it's it, it's fun to see how they all interact with one another, um, and that's been uh, a neat part of of this team that they really do appreciate those those 
underrated things, as you uh, described the block shots, perhaps is most notable for Martinez. But remember, Alec, you know, won a Stanley Cup with an overtime goal. <laughs> you know, these guys, right. you know, they just find ways. That's that's just how the sport goes. You never know who the hero is going to be. There you go. And, of course, Eastern Conference, we talked about it, the uh, Florida Panthers up 2-0. They're heading back home. Meanwhile, uh, Carolina up 2-0. They'll head to Jersey for Game 3 on Sunday. But in the West, Dallas got even last night, 4-2 to with a victory at home over the Kraken. They got the four goals from Pavelski in Game 1, but not enough. They lose to the Kraken in overtime. They head back to Seattle now for Games 3 and 4. Real quick, uh, Seattle, what was it like calling games up there? And the Golden Knights, you know, in their two years, they've gone there four times. They've won all four. But still, the environment there for Seattle, because they're like, hey, we're the new expansion team. Forget about Vegas. Uh, how much fun was it to call a game up in the Great Northwest. Yeah, it's it's cool, and, and I just love walking around Key Arena, uh, Climate Pledge Arena now. But the, the roof is the same from the old building. They just lifted up the roof, dug down underneath, built a new arena, then lowered the new, the old roof back on top. Uh, it's a neat vibe. The, the, the most noticeable thing when you go in there, aside from the fact that the arena is kind of below street level, you when you come in, you're like at the upper deck. The other thing is there are two drop-down scoreboards. Rather than one center-hung scoreboard, there are two, one kind of hanging over each attacking zone. Um, yeah, the crowd is neat. They've emulated the Golden Knights pregame show with um, ice graphics, and they've got the Kraken tentacle and stuff. And, you know, everybody tries to be like the Golden Knights in that regard. It's a good try. Uh, but, right. you know, the fans love the team, uh, and it just, as you point out, has happened that they've not had a whole lot to cheer about when the Golden Knights have visited. And there, of course, are plenty of Golden Knights fans wherever we go, but um, want to experience that environment. So we've seen a lot of Vegas people there, too, which is fun. I've enjoyed going there. It, it's great. I wouldn't mind going there for a playoff series, but if it means going to Dallas, uh, that, that would be fine, too. I enjoy going there as well. Two great places to go to uh, for uh, the traveling party. But it's been fun to watch, watch uh, Seattle and see those fans. It's good for the sport. Uh, you want to see the, the new teams do well rather than the old-fashioned mindset of the new team should be bad for years and years and earn it. I think that's a garbage mentality. You want the new franchises to do well if they do things the right way. And the crack in half. Dave Haxtell is a finalist for the Jack Adams Award. I'm not sure he's going to win it, but, you know, good recognition for that franchise. No doubt about it. Well, listen, you have a great call of the game tomorrow and throughout the series. I know folks really appreciate listening to you. A lot of times, you know, we may not be right there uh, able to watch on TV, but there's a lot of things that I used to do as a kid that I still do, and that's watch games on TV and put the voice of the team on because nobody knows the team better than the voice of that particular team. And Dan Duva, the voice of the Golden Knights, we're very privileged to have you here in the Vegas Valley, a fellow Jerseyite, and uh, really appreciate you taking time out on a Friday. Enjoy the game tomorrow and enjoy the series, and we'll hope to have you on as the Knights continue to progress through the Stanley Cup playoffs. But really appreciate you taking time out on a Friday night for SportsX Radio, Dan. Oh, well, thank you, Ken. Very kind words, of much appreciated. And I do the same thing to this day. And, and I mentioned Marty Glickman earlier. There, there's nothing like turning down the TV and turning up Marty Glickman or Marv Albert or you go down the list of great broadcasters that we listen to back in that area. So it really is a privilege to have you say those things and to be uh, in this position. So thank you very much and looking forward to talking to you again. 
No doubt. Looking forward to hanging out with you as well in person. I, I got dinner next time uh, we can connect because I, I my buddy Chris Wynn is always there, and I get live reports oh, from sure, him. Yeah. Because yeah, because a lot of times you know my show is on when you guys are there, and so uh, I'd love to be right there. But sometimes got to be behind the mic on the show eight to ten p.m. and really enjoy uh, just watching the Golden Knights and just. The way that they're fought through so much adversity this year, I'm hoping they can just continue the old one game at a time. Coach is cliche. I know Coach Cassidy is preaching that to the guys, and I know they're following suit. So hopefully they take care of business tomorrow and throughout the playoffs. But Dan Duva, appreciate you, and we'll have you back on SportsX Radio or SportsX Radio when it fits around your schedule. And uh, look forward to it. Thank you so much. Thanks again, Ken. Good night. All right, great stuff from Dan Duva. And uh, that'll take us to our last break here, hour number one, producer Mark Hoke running the show. Don't forget the Mark Hoke Show Sunday morning, 8 a.m. to 10 a.m. right here, 101.5 FM Dawn, and, of course, streaming live on the Worldwide Odyssey app, the best in professional wrestling. We'll go over Mark's guests a little bit later in the show. We'll come back, get you caught up on the Rich Badge and Finley Toyota out-of-town scoreboard. Noah Parker, the Crooklyn Baller, going to join me at about 9.05 in hour number two. He's a big NBA guy. He'll talk about the games that have gone on tonight. There's one going. There's one already in the books. And we've got games throughout the weekend. Noah Parker will break those down. Don't forget Kentucky Derby action. Noah Parker's a horse player as well. And we got some great insight last night from Louis Masri and, of course, our own Pat Casal. Great stuff. And, of course, Curtis Stock, who wrote the book on the Turcots and Secretariat. Uh, just phenomenal information. And I'll go over some of those uh, picks that they gave out in case you didn't get them. But if you missed and you want to go back and listen to that show all the archives are up there, uh, right there at uh, Sportex Radio. You can uh, just search it, and the shows themselves on the Odyssey app remain up there, I think, for 48 hours, so you can go back and listen that way. Otherwise, just go to at Sportex Radio or at Ken Thompson 87 and you'll see them. They are pinned right there uh, from that particular night, or you can go back in the archives there, and uh, you'll find the shows, and you can find them on Spotify, on SoundCloud, on Apple Podcasts, and on Facebook, and, of course, right there on the Odyssey app. It is Ken Thompson. You're listening to SportsX Radio live from Vegas. We'll be right back to wrap up hour number one. Keep it right here. Something magic happens Every time you go You make the magic happen Magic of Orioles baseball When the game is close And the yokes are hot There's a thundering roar from 34 To give it all they've got And you never know Who's gonna hear the call Every game has a different star That's the magic of Orioles baseball Uh, yeah, I bet you a lot of you didn't think you were going to hear the old Orioles magic song tonight. But KT said you cannot give this Orioles a plus 190. I don't care if they're in Atlanta or not. It was a close game early on. Freed on the hill there for the Braves. Santander, Santander an early home run. And uh, got him going. But then he hits a grand slam later to open things up to 8-1. to one. They hold on. They win it 9-4 to four in Atlanta. Meanwhile, yes, Mike Scalia, your Yankees did go down against Tampa Bay. Down 4 nothing. They tied it at 4 but lose 5-4. So the Orioles can't gain any ground on the red-hot uh, Tampa Bay Rays, who are 27-6. and six. 
but this Orioles team is hanging right there. They are right there within shouting distance. They are 22-10, and 10, just four and a half games back. And I told Chicago Bill, I said, get down there, put some money on the Orioles to win the AL East. I know they're uh, still pretty big dogs there, and they really haven't gotten into the meat of the schedule as far as with the AL East teams. But I got a feeling this team is magical. 13-6 and six away from Baltimore with the win tonight. And they now have a better record than the Atlanta Braves. Braves actually 22-11 and 11 after the loss tonight. And Baltimore 22-10, second best record in Major League Baseball. Mark Hoke, got to bring you in there, man. I mean, a lot of folks didn't think they were going to win this game tonight. But, you know, I took them again tomorrow. Again, they're, uh, you know, they're playing Strider. And, they, look, it's a good, solid Atlanta team. But you're going to give the Orioles plus 190 the way they're playing right now. They are playing outstanding team ball. Yeah, you're all welcome out there. Just saying. There you go. Ken Thompson handing out free money on SportsX Radio. But, yeah, this is crazy. I'll tell you, the second-best record in the baseball, and you're not in first place. That is that is unbelievable. But 22-10, and 10, I'll take it. Uh, you know, that's that's fine with me. You know, that to me, that key number is, you know, you get to 18 games over 500, that means you're on pace to win 90 if you just play 500 ball the rest of the year. So get there and then – take it the rest of the way this is going to be but the whole al east man i'll tell you what i i don't know ken if i've seen a division this deep in a very long time i agree and i didn't think boston was going to be that good but they also got another win today on the road i think that's seven in a row now for the boys from beantown as they knock off philly five to three sales struggled got knocked out with the game tied at three so he doesn't uh fit in the decision but they end up winning the game Five to three. Real quick on that uh, baseball scoreboard are also on the Richard Badge and Finley Toyota out of town scoreboard. Let's just uh, check in. The Suns up 75 68, 7 10 to go third quarter against Denver. Phoenix has to win that game to keep the series rolling. They trail it two games to none, could cut it in half or go down 0 3, and then it would be pretty much done because you're not going to beat Denver four in a row. Uh, Arizona 3 1 lead now, top nine. Merrill Kelly settling down, and that is gone. Final now. They've just beaten Washington 3 to 1, Arizona, so you cover the run and a half. Uh, four to two Padres behind you Darvish leading Clayton Kershaw and the Dodgers that's top eight over at Petco Padres time trying to take care of business and the Giants now lead Milwaukee five to four bottom five Corbin Burns getting roughed up a little bit Sean Manea on the hill there for Ragusa's Giants Texas a 4-1 lead in Anaheim over the Angels that's bottom eight as the Halos bat four to three Houston holding on to a lead up in Seattle. They led that game 4 nothing. It is now 4-3, to and that's in the top half of the eighth inning. Everything else final from the bigs from earlier. Cubbies matinee style behind Justin Steele. They beat Miami 4-1. to Mets behind Senga. They get a one nothing shutout over Colorado. Uh, Senzatella didn't get any run support there. Meanwhile, American League 5-4 Tampa. Held on, beat the Yankees, got to Johnny Brito early. Minnesota, nice effort by Ober. They knock off Cleveland. 2-0 the final there, beat the Guardians. Oakland did win that game against Kansas City on the road, 12-8 the final there. Interleague play saw Toronto shut out Pittsburgh. All of a sudden, the wheels falling off on the Pirates as they get shut out. Rich Hill not getting any run support. Bassett was solid for the Blue Jays. 5-4 White Sox. Chicago Bill, a happy camper. They win in Cincinnati. Boston told you 5-3 at Philly. They get the win. The big one, Baltimore behind Kramer, beat Atlanta and free 9-4. And Detroit holds on and wins against the Redbirds, St. Louis. The worst record in the National League now 10-23. and 23. My goodness, not good. Carolina 6-1 win. The only game on the ice tonight. 2-0 lead 
over the Jersey Devils, and they will go to New Jersey for Game 3 on Sunday. Hour number one is in the books. The Brooklyn, the Brooklyn Ball are going to join me. Hour number two, and oh my goodness, the Nuggets on a big run right now, and they lead at 79-78, although Phoenix just canned a three. So the sun's up two. Hour number one in the books. You're listening to SportsX Radio 101.5 FNK Dawn, streaming live on that Odyssey app. Ken Thompson, Mark Hope, Brooklyn Ball, and Noah Parker will all come back for hour number two. Keep it right here live from Vegas. Welcome back from halftime. It's just after 9 o'clock in the big city. Time to continue America's favorite Las Vegas sports show. Sports X Radio with Ken Thompson. <laughs> yeah. What up? Party's going on. Duh. Going to a party. Sports X Radio with Ken Thompson is brought to you by Hannah Shea Boyle and Rappaputi. Trial lawyers that get results. Visit PSBRLaw.com. Steiner's Pub, a true Nevada style pub with three locations one on Cheyenne, one on Buffalo, and one on the south end of the strip. Steiner's Pub. We love this place. Preventative Diagnostic Center. Book your non invasive scan today. Day for peace of mind, visit pdcenterlv.com. Rob Ritchie, Farmers Insurance, 702-335-5744. 702-335-5744. Laborers Union 872, the builders of Allegiant Stadium and the Las Vegas Ballpark, home of the Aviators. Promodirect.com. Use K-10 for a 10% discount on your promotion items order. Promodirect.com. And by William Hill Racing Sportsbook, America's leading racing sportsbook. Visit WilliamHill.us. So get ready because Sports X Radio with Ken Thompson starts now. now. All right, KT Live, hour number two, PSBR Law Studios here in Las Vegas. Panache, Boyle, Ravaputi, the best in personal injury. Southern Cal for a long time now here in the Vegas Valley for their fourth year. Strength by your side, the relentless pursuit of justice is PSBRLaw.com. You can check things out there. You got the 702 down for Vegas. You may not need the personal injury attorney help right now, but you may need it in the future. So jot the number down, put it away for safekeeping, 830 830-9353, 830-9353, my good pal Brian Panis, senior partner, PSBRlaw.com. And Brian, of course, in uh, Kentucky getting set there, Churchill Downs, he'll be part of uh, the 150,000 gathering tomorrow. He and Louis Masry, who joined last night, Louis from Elite Racing Net. And, uh, of course, owner of horses and uh, been in the horse game for a long, long time. And he and Panish and their wives uh, taking it all in over there in Kentucky. So looking forward to uh, getting some great pictures back. But hope to have Brian Panish and Louis Masri in studio sometime in the near future. But, again, PSBR Law, jot it down, 830-9353. Also, Preventative Diagnostic Center. My good pal Wayne Krivsky going to get back there. Uh, Kriv, of course, will be back on the show Tuesday night. Uh, love that man, of course, uh, 41 years in the big leagues. Uh, general manager there for the Cincinnati Reds back, uh, I think, what, 2004-ish, right around there. But Kriv is back in town, so he'll be in studio on Tuesday night. 
and uh, Preventive Diagnostic Center. He has gone there demographically. If you fall in between the ages of 40 and 72, you can take advantage of one of the only scanners of its kind. In, in fact, it is the only scanner of its kind in the region, but there's only a few in the entire country. And uh, we're pretty fortunate that Dr. John Pierce has that scanner right here in the Vegas Valley because it gives you early detection before signs and symptoms of more, more than two dozen ailments like heart disease and lung disease. And I'm talking pericarditis, myocarditis. Uh, you see all the correlation with, uh, you know, through COVID and whatnot. So get your hearts checked out. I mean, they have this special running. You can get all of your organs checked out, but they really want you to come in and at least get your heart checked out. And they have an incredible special. They've been running it now almost three years. They've only been open four years, but it's a heart CT scan and calcium score, and it's $125 for a $600 value, and your significant other is absolutely free. So the two of you get in there, $1,200 value, total of $125. Uh, It doesn't get much better than that. I always talk about the guys getting blindsided by the widow maker. Don't let it happen to you. You don't want that first heart attack or, you know, if you ever do have a heart attack, for it to be a massive and uh, take you out of the game completely. So you want to get in there and make sure you get that ticker checked out. Women, I tell you, you know, all the cancers combined, they do not exceed what heart disease does here in the United States. And that's, of course, uh, the number one killer of women in the States year in, year out. So get in there. Get that heart CT scan and calcium score. You can give a call. You can leave a message. They'll get back to you with a free educational consultation. Make sure you tell them Ken Thompson SportsX Radio sent you. Comfortable scan takes just a few minutes. A few days later, you get a detailed report from a board-certified radiologist. You got the 702 down for Vegas. 534-7900. Real easy number to remember. 534-7900. 534-7900. Give a call. Leave a message. You can go to the website. Check that out. They've got some FYI questions answered there. But, again, set up that free educational consultation. But the website is pdcenterlv.com. pdcenterlv.com. 534-7900. And so Monday, Tuesdays, Thursdays, and Fridays, KT originates from the PSBR Law Studios here in Las Vegas. On Wednesday nights, where am I? You know where I am. 1750 North Buffalo. I'm at Steiner's Pub. One of three in the Vegas Valley to serve you. And, of course, the other uh, two, 8168 Las Vegas Boulevard South, right there in between South Point and the Mandalay Bay on Las Vegas Boulevard. And then the original in their 25th year now, 8410 West Cheyenne. 24 hours a day. Great gaming. Great sports setup. Incredible food. 24-hour kitchen. It's not bar food. I mean, just phenomenal kitchens and uh, the gaming there you have a marquee when you walk in so you can see how the uh, machines are doing it's got the jackpots the number of the machine whatever's been hitting and whatnot so you can kind of pick and choose there but it is an incredible facility and there's three of them here in the vegas valley they're hashtag i love this place and there's no question roger Sachs does a great job and he prides himself on hiring great personnel and they have outstanding personnel there that make sure you get great service so It's all about, you know, having the atmosphere, what they don't have on tap, they've got in the bottle. Uh, But again, the food, the ambiance, catching all the sports games, they replay all those sports games throughout the night. There's great music playing all the time at a volume that's perfect. If you want to party a little bit, it's great. You can hear it loud enough. If you're eating dinner, it doesn't bother you. It's just really nicely set up at all three locations at a Steiner's Pub. Roger Sachs doing a great job. And of course, he will be back at T-Mobile. He was there at Game 1. He'll be back there tomorrow at the Fortress as the Golden Knights try to take Take a 2-0 lead. And don't forget the 15th annual party bus trip. That's where we go to uh, one of the stadiums, either in Southern California or Arizona. This year it'll be back to Dodger Stadium. It's the 15th annual bus trip. Uh, you can drink all the way there. It's got to be, you got to be 21 and older. And it's all the way to Dodger Stadium. And they're playing the Houston Astros. That trip is 
June the 24th. It's a one-day turnaround, 160 per person. But again, you've got to be 21 and taking a little Dodger Astro baseball. You know, uh, Rogers, a big supporter of the Aviators. What a great setup that is. And the Oakland A's, of course, probably going to be playing there and uh, drawing more than they're drawing in Oakland right now. But they did get a win tonight against Kansas City. Welcome in my good pal, Crooklyn Baller, Noah Parker. Uh, Noah's a big-time NBA guy, loves his baseball. He's a fellow Mets sufferer. Noah, how bad is this Mets team? I mean, I was joking on Twitter a little bit, you know, and then Chris Wynn says, oh, well, now you got Scherzer and Verlander, a couple ex-Tigers going in, you know, to Detroit, going to take care of business. I said, Chris, quit sandbagging, man. I said, this Mets team, they're playing so poorly. I mean, they've been relegated down to the T-ball league, and, of course, from there, they got relegated from there, and again, I was joking around saying now they're uh, just trying to get on the four-square court over there on the playground at the elementary school. That's how bad this Mets team is not hitting. They just can't hit. Uh, the pitching's not bad. Verlander gave up a couple home runs in his Mets debut in the first inning. Didn't give up anything else, but they can't score. You can't score, you can't win. Very frustrating with this Mets team, Noah Parker. Yeah, you know, uh, I <laughs> Funny, I was actually watching tonight's game, and uh, Kang, uh, Kang is a the guy pitched a gem. I mean, absolute gem. Uh, one nothing win, a Nimmo home run in the bottom of the fifth. That's it. Uh, now this team, you know, you look at the lineup up and down on paper. It looks like a lot of big guns. You got Lindor, Alonzo, you know, Beatty. They got they got a lot of guys that can hit. You know, it looks like you know Sterling Marte, a lineup that should be getting a lot of runs. But the one thing he mentioned was they don't know which fans in New York are more upset with how their team is playing, the New York Yankee fans in the Bronx or the fans in Queens for the Mets. Because both teams have anemic lineups offensively and just terrible. You're, you know, you're lucky to get two runs a game from either team. Uh, and if, if the pitcher doesn't show up, then you're not, they're not, you know, not going to come back if you have any kind of deficit uh, to win any game. So, I mean, I don't know which fan base is more frustrated, but – you got to imagine both of them are, are really mad at each other, and you know no one's really doesn't really look like anyone's even going to make any kind of strides forward to become a juggernaut anytime soon. So it's going to have to be winning with pitching. But the problem with the Mets is they have pitchers that are so far over the hill now, and Scherzer and Verlander that you know they paid so much money for these guys, but are they going to be able to produce at this type of age? And especially with Scherzer coming off the the uh, you know the Vaseline on his hands or whatever the hell he's doing and. You know, it's just sad to see, especially uh, this Mets franchise, uh, how how far they've fallen. No doubt about it. But the Yankees at least have some excuses. I mean, they have no Giancarlo Stanton, and they have no Aaron Judge right now with the hip hurt. Uh, so at least they've got excuses. The Mets, they're just their lineup's just anemic. I mean, uh, Alonzo can hit for power. Uh, you know, Lindor. I mean, when's that guy going to wake up? I mean, how many millions is he getting every time he strikes out? I mean, it's just ridiculous to watch some of these guys that are so overpaid and can't hurt, hit worth a lick. Uh, you know, they're all flashy and showmen. You know, outside of on the field, and when things are going well, like they did for a brief time last year, it's all well and fun. But now Steve Cohen's invested a lot of money in this team. And these guys should be arrested for stealing, quite frankly, because that's what they're doing. They're stealing money. And if you can't beat teams like Detroit, uh, you know, as hapless as that, as, as that organization is right now, and that's a young team, but they're in a rebuilding phase. This is a Mets team with one of the highest payrolls in baseball. And, uh, you know, they can't hold a candle to this Orioles team that we're hearing the music every night. So I'm officially on the bandwagon. Look, you can come by and wake me up in September if the Mets are uh, even over 500. But right now, I'm looking forward to hearing that Orioles magic music every night and uh, take them like I did tonight plus 190 yeah uh, big series here in Atlanta 
of the Orioles playing a juggernaut type of team, a team with a lot of talent. And the care of business today, this team just scores runs. Yesterday, 12 runs. I know they were playing a bad team. but 13, the day, 13 yesterday, 13-10. Yeah, insane how many uh, runs they put up. The run line every night, it seems like. Uh, you know, they give up a lot of leads sometimes. The pitching staff and uh, the bullpen's a little shaky. But at the end of the day, the team is putting up runs. Uh, left and right, and they look like the best team in the AL East at the moment, besides the Tampa Bay Rays, who who keep on who keep on winning. But for, I mean, we knew the Rays were going to be pretty good. We, nobody thought the Orioles were going to be this good. Um, right now, I'm more interested in the National League. Uh, it's, it's again, American League so hard to watch sometimes. I I, I would uh, throw out a, a throw out a line out there saying, hey, if you can make it to that bus trip to Chavez Ravine, I've, I've been there on that trip. So have you. So it's a hell of a time. I know you didn't make it into the ballpark that year, but it's a, it's a great time there and back. And, uh, you know, if you can ever get on one of these trips where you can just get hammered and just have a good time and go to a ball game for that good of a price, you know, I, I, I'd get on there ASAP before it fills up because I know it goes quick, especially with a rivalry against Houston. That's the team they played in the World Series. They hate each other. Dodgers, Ash, that's a great matchup. Uh, um, that's definitely one that you don't want to miss, but – you know, a lot of National League teams have been more fun to watch this year than the American League. Yeah, actually, I, I did make it in that year. I just didn't last too long. And that was, we were drinking heavily, and it was just a fun time, man. And this was back at one of the early bus trips, because uh, Roger and I actually put this together 15 years ago and had a good old time. But it was Mets, I mean, it was Dodgers and Cubs, I'll never forget. That's right. And, uh, yeah, so, I mean, and we were, I mean, we were hammered halfway there. I mean, it just got a little crazy. So Roger Sachs kind of, you know, kind of toned it down a little KT easy on the, on the Jack Daniels at, you know, 9 a.m. You know, you commandeering a bus to stop back at a liquor store. Next thing you know, what happened was uh, one of the guys, I was in line, uh, you know, getting some food and a beer. And some one of the guys from the trip was like, you know, getting yelled at by a security guard. And the guy didn't even do anything. I was standing in the line. So I went up and I vouched for him. And, and the guy's like, yeah, you're with this guy? It's like, you're out of here, too. And I'm like, what, what? I didn't, I didn't even do anything. And, of course, uh, you know. Probably you know smelling like a bottle of Jack Daniels, you know, early afternoon game, and uh, that was it. KT out there and just hearing the roar of the crowd uh, and listening to the game on the bus radio, sitting outside, beautiful LA day. But yes, uh, memories not always uh, panning out the way that you wanted. That's right, two nothing. I know, I remember the game. Yes, yes, that's right. And if we would have just had the under, I would have been even happier. Uh, that's our old buddy Chuck Edel. Chuck Edel would always go on his uh, to go see the Cubs once a year. He'd either go to L.A. or Arizona, and then he started going to Arizona because he just liked the stadium better, and he knew he could get you know seats wherever. But always a big contingency for the Chicago Cubs there. And so Chuck, he would either play you know the Cubs or bet against them, or he play the over or the under, and whatever the trip was going to cost him for him and his wife Rebecca or if he went with friends whatever it was going to cost he bet that amount on the game and I want to say it was like at least like six out of seven years that he won so that he didn't have to pay for the trip at all and as our buddy Chuck Edel says KT if you win the bet you don't have to pay the juice <laughs> exactly exactly but either way hell of a time I mean that's a that's a I, mean, I remember you get lunch too it's like lunch all you can drink you don't have to worry about driving there or back. I mean, everybody's – it's not a too rowdy of a crowd. Everyone's having a great time. And you get to see a ball game. And this year against the Astros, I mean, it doesn't get any better than that. These two teams, you know, face each other in the World Series. They hate each other. You get to boo the Astros the whole way. I know they don't have their full roster and the same guys. But, I mean, that's a great matchup to go to. It's not somebody like uh, – 
you know, a, a bottom feeder or something. It's a real good team to play. You get to see some all-stars. So, I mean, that's a, that's a great match. I might even go again this year. It's been probably over 10 years, but that's a, that's a matchup you can't miss. Got to be 21 and older. Now, the other thing that uh, Steiners does that's awesome that you and I have both partaken in, uh, that's, of course, uh, the golf tournament. And that is the annual tournament that's coming up on Friday the 19th. Now, I don't know if there's any room left. Uh, you're only two weeks away from today. It would be a Friday, uh, and it's at the Royal Red, Red Rock Country Club. I mean, it's phenomenal. But they have the Happy Gilmore hole where you have to putt with the hockey stick. they got all these, you know, ridiculous holes out there. And it's the best ball and the scramble format. But you're an avid golfer, and we had some great times out there. And, of course, he's got sponsors on just about every hole with some other uh, bizarre either you know liquor or whatnot so you make sure you set it up that you're not going to be driving or uh, or you just kind of uh, do things in moderation but it can get out of hand and it's a good time and then they have so many prizes they give away and he's got all these different contests uh, hole in one contest closest to the pin on three different holes that is a fun time in itself and you and I have uh, taken that in as well and now I would think that you're probably a scratch golfer by now because you're golfing at least three four times a week Parker yeah. Not a 12, 11, 12 handicap, not a scratch. Come on, no 11, 12, you're, you're, you're regressing. You were, you, were at the, you were a nine two years ago. Come no, on. Negative. No way, no way. <laughs> well, the one thing, I, one thing I remember about that, what, last, the last time we were both in it was you lost your phone, but I do remember the food was great, phenomenal food afterwards, too, and they're giving out prizes to everybody. I mean, it, another hell of a bang-up job for uh, you know something like that. Uh, and I found the phone. Morning. Yes, you did. Yes. I remember <laughs> Unreal, man! That's just crazy stuff. And I did win. I actually won the uh, uh, the Coors Light Twenty One jersey in the Raiders colors. How cool was that? Uh, and we, yes, amazing. Yes, and we and we had that guy, uh, that guy Larry from uh, the Bay Area, not Ragusa, but the other guy. Uh, what was his little? And on his ball, he's just he had the, the little saying or something. Uh, that he always said, but that guy was fun, and he was a, a good golfer. We had a great force in that time, and uh, just a great event that Roger Sachs puts together. And, of course, you know, he does everything here in the Vegas Valley, and I love doing the show there, Steiners. And it's like 15 straight years there, Wednesday nights out there, Vegas Drive, and uh, right. Buffalo right there, 1750 North Buffalo. But 5-2, to two, uh, Padres top nine, they lead the Dodgers. 5-4, to four, San Fran bottom seven, they hold on and lead Milwaukee by a run. Gave you the finals earlier. In the American League, you got two games now that are all knotted at four. Uh, one has gone to the 10th. That's Texas and the Angels. Texas had a 4 nothing lead. The Angels tied it. It's going to the 10th, tied at 4. And Houston had a 4 nothing lead over Seattle. And the Mariners tied it in the bottom of the 8th. They were down 4-3. They tied it. So they're in the top of the ninth. That game also tied at 4. Everything else final gave you all those other scores. Outside of uh, the game on the hardwood. And Phoenix squandered a huge lead. Uh, Denver came back and led it. But now the Suns on a run. Early fourth quarter. Back up 9. 97-88. But Noah, they got to win this game big time, and we'll get into it uh, when we come back because we're going to go over the NBA. But how important is it for uh, Phoenix to close this one out and make sure they take care of business? No Chris Paul in the lineup, but I thought maybe uh, maybe they'd be okay without Chris Paul because he hasn't really looked that good this year. Oh, yeah, obviously definitely a must-win. They gave up a, a 4-15-point lead or something at halftime, and it was on the two to start the fourth quarter, but a 7-0 run out the gate, back up nine. They have to be able to maintain, like you said, this is a huge game for Phoenix. Must win. Cannot go down 0-3, obviously. Never happened before in the NBA. Uh, I think they'll close it out. But 
I think not having Chris Paul hurts a little bit from a leadership standpoint, but they have enough firepower. They can still win this game and this series. All right, we'll see. And Kevin Durant, of course, uh, taking things upon his own shoulders. He and Devin Booker, that one-two punch has got to be at the top of its game if Phoenix is going to have an opportunity to come back and knock off this Denver Nuggets team that we look at and just say, ah, they're all right. But you know what? Jokic and company, these guys just play well as a team. And they got that altitude advantage, too, when they get you at home. And they, of course, finish with the best record in the Western Conference. Ken Thompson, Noah Parker, producer Mark Hoke. The Mark Hoke Show Sunday mornings, 8 a.m to 10 a.m. Mark Hoke, what do you got coming up on the show this Sunday? Well, Ken, we have a ton of news coming out of WWE. We have, well, the WWE Backlash is tomorrow night, so we'll have the results from that. Talk about that card. Uh, Some weird stuff going on in WWE as well with the new World Championship belt. AEW has sold almost 65,000 tickets at Wembley Stadium for their all-in pay-per-view. And special guest... Tonight, uh, coming up on Sunday, is Bodie Young Prodigy. He is 15 years old, a Vegas kid who uh, wrestles for future stars of wrestling and some other promotions in town. So we're going to get to talk to Bodie Young Prodigy, a 15-year-old doing the thing in pro wrestling. So there you go. There you go. Great stuff from my man, Mark Hoke. Uh, real quick, Crooklyn Ball, before we go to break, you not only follow you know, the baseball and the basketball, the football, the hockey, all that stuff, but you love tennis and you love soccer. And how about Napoli? 33 years it took them, but they got that Series A title there in Italy. I know you uh, pay attention to all that stuff in the big leagues, the English Premier League, and it looks like Man City going to win again. Arsenal fell apart in the second half, and uh, I know you pay attention to the Bundesliga and all that good stuff, but uh, special time for those that back Napoli. Yeah, they, they almost didn't get it done yesterday, but they barely got, I think they were playing at Udinese, and they got the job done. Uh, they were down in the game, actually came back to tie it up, but that, that, that was surprising. I mean, not, not a team you're going to get a lot of value in now, betting because the lines are so uh, one-sided, but team that has definitely overachieved the market and uh, showed up to play. And um, Yeah, yesterday, 1-1 final. Like, they had to score in the, in the last 10 minutes of the game, but uh, it's been back and forth in, in the Italian Serie A league, so fun to watch, and it is something, something good to see with, uh, <clears throat> with uh, Napoli taking care of business. There you go, and we'll talk to Noah Parker. We'll get plays from him before we let him out of here on the Champions League semifinals. We'll also talk NBA, Sixers, and Celtics. That was the early game today, 99-90 right now. Suns lead the Nuggets, still nine minutes to go fourth quarter. And then we've got games coming up over the weekend. And you know Noah Parker, the Crooklyn baller, like KT, we support the Knickerbockers. Uh, it's it's di- very difficult. I've at least... You know, gotten to see them win way back when I was a kid. Noah Parker, not that old, so he's never actually seen the team win a championship. We'll talk about that series against the Miami Heat and some others as well as we continue. SportsX Radio, hour number two on a Friday fiasco, 101.5 FMK Dawn, streaming live on that Odyssey app. Live from Vegas, PSPR Law Studios, coming right back. Hour number two continues. Keep it right here on 101.5 FMK Dawn. Yes, you 
recognize the instrumental, two cellos and Steve Vai, a little highway to hell coming back on a Friday fiasco. And, uh, you know, it's not, uh, you know, music just because uh, Crooklyn Ball is on, you know, highway to hell. That's uh, not what uh, Mark Hoke was thinking, I don't think, but you never know with Hokester. So uh, great to have the Crooklyn Ball on a Friday fiasco. And uh, before I forget about the Champions League, which is coming up Tuesday and Wednesday of next week, so you have uh, Man City and Real Madrid on Tuesday. What about a Crooklyn ball? A Man City going to win the EPL, but Real Madrid, something special about that team when it comes to the Champions League. Who do you like there, and uh, what are we looking at odds-wise? Crooklyn, you there? All right, so... Yeah, you hear me? Uh, yeah, you hear yeah, me? Yeah, yeah, got, got you now. Okay. Yeah, right, yeah, sorry about that. Um, yeah, I was saying I don't see anybody messing with Man City. Um, they actually uh, they didn't struggle too much in their last game against uh, West Ham, but they took care of business three nothing. Uh, covered the line of two. Uh, I, I can't see anybody um, holding the candles to them. Too talented, too fast, too much. But uh, it, it's it's you know it's been a fun season to watch. Uh, you know, like you said, Real Madrid been Real Madrid for the most part, but. Uh, it's, it's still up to call. Uh, who wins it all? If, if, who can even compete with Man City? All right. So, so still though, big time, uh, and in the other semifinal because it's AC Milan against Internazionale, and uh, these two rivals from Milan, Italy. I mean, it's going to be a lot of fun. Who do you like in this one? Because these two teams know each other like the back of their hand, and they don't like each other. Yeah, I, I'm actually. I'm, I was thinking of taking AC Milan. Um, you know, I, I don't see, you know, they've, they've both just been inconsistent at times. And, uh, it seems like every time I'm on, I'm on, I go against them or especially in the wrong, when I go against them, they, they show up. And when I take them, they don't show up. They've been, they've been one of those teams for me. I just keep playing them at the wrong time and it's unfortunate. So now it's like, you know, do I, do I go with it now or do I just, just stick with it? And, um, you know, I, for me, I, if I done to my head, I think Inter Milan probably gets it done. But value wise, it's hard not to take the plus money with AC Milan. Um, I think it'll be a, a close game though, a one-one, and uh, you know, and I see, yeah, I see probably around one-one. Maybe AC Milan sneaks in with the back door, but that's if you like the value. I, I you know, if I still would would take Inter Milan to win that game, but it's it's so close. It's, it's just too close to call. And like I said, both these teams have burned me this year, so. Uh, tough for me to take. Tough for me to take either side. All right. Meanwhile, Giants lead the Brewers top eight now. Brewers with a man on first one out. Uh, five four. Giants up on top. Astros got two in the ninth. They go to the bottom of the ninth. Lead the Mariners now six to four. And they're in the bottom of the tenth. Rangers couldn't push anything across. Again, they had a four nothing lead on the Angels. The Halos have first and second. Nobody out. Just got to get that guy in from second. And uh, we'll see if they can do that to make the complete comeback there and take out the Texas Rangers. Uh, Angels right now sitting at 18 and 14, Texas at 18 and 12. So they'd actually be tied for first place if the uh, Angels can win that game. 
Uh, Astros would go to 17 and 15 if they're able to hold off the Mariners, who are trying to get to 500. Uh, Brewers are slumping a bit, uh, 18 and 13, but they were much better than that. And the Giants, 7 and 7 at home, still pesky. And I uh, can't take them for granted at home. The Angels now with one out have first and third, so they need a sacrifice fly somehow to get that run home. And wouldn't sh- shock me if uh, Texas uh, walks the bases loaded to set up a force at every base. Ken Thompson in the Crooklyn Ball and Noah Parker. And uh, Noah, NBA basketball earlier tonight. And Boston, just not intimidated, went into Philly. Embiid got the MVP trophy, uh, held it up prior to the game. Philly had a one-point lead after the first quarter, 29-28. Then the Celtics outscored them by eight in the second quarter to have a seven-point halftime lead. And then Boston started opening it up, uh, got them by four in the third quarter, and then beat them by a point in the fourth quarter. But every time Philly made a run and got it down to seven or eight or down to six, I think was the closest they got, uh, maybe down to four, Boston had an answer and you know a good solid uh you know effort by the starting five everybody in double figures and then Brogdon off the bench had 15 so you had six guys in double figures Tatum had 27 he hit three of 11 from downtown Brown didn't even hit a three-pointer was 0 of 4 uh you got three three-pointers from Marcus Smart five of seven though from Al Horford from downtown two of five from White Uh, Very, very impressive. 16 of 45 overall, just under 36% for Boston. But they win it by 12. Embiid did his job. 30 points, 13 boards, had four blocks. Turned it over three times, but, you know, nonetheless, he did his job. I mean, if you know you're going to get 30 and 13 from your center, you'll take it. But then the guy that put up 45 when Embiid was not on the court in Game 1, James Harden, 3 of 14, and he got a couple of those buckets late. Uh, Finished 2 of 7 from downtown, but missed his first 5. And he had 16 points, 8 of 9 from the free throw line. But they really uh, just weren't in it. You just didn't feel like they were going to come back and win that game. And now they find themselves in a must-win situation for Sunday because there's no way they're going to beat the Celtics 3 straight if they lose in Philly on Sunday. Yeah, a tough game. You know, if you look at the numbers, Philly actually shot 43% behind the arc as a team. Uh, Milton hit hit four threes. Tucker had was three for four, which you know he's been slumping as of late. And Maxi three of nine. So besides Harden's kind of lackluster performance, some of the other guys did show up. But uh, like you said, it never looked like they were really in the game. In the first quarter, they were down big, came all the way back, took the lead, and it looked like it was some momentum there. But just Boston's just too good all around. Um, and then you know Brogdon off the bench is, is pretty solid for the most part. You know he's going to produce. Uh, as best as he can, and, you know, he's one of the best free throw shooters. They actually went 22 of 23 from the stripe tonight, which is obviously, uh, you know, huge. Uh, when, when your guys can hit throws uh, that solid, you know, it's, it's tough to beat a team to try to come back and claw your way back against a team that's that, that good. But I don't have a feel for either team in this series. I stayed away from the game just as much, and I stayed away from the game it's playing right now. As well, just uh, to me, I just don't have a feel on either one. I, I can't predict game three is one of the hardest games to predict in the series. It's kind of like a, uh, especially when it's 1 1. Uh, I was leaning Philly, but I couldn't do it. I just didn't trust, um, you know, I, I don't know if, if Embiid's fully healthy, and I don't know if I can trust James Harden to have a performance like he had in game one. I'm glad I stayed off it. Yeah, there you go. And Philly, uh, 24 of 27 from the charity stripe, but still, that's under. Uh, 90%. The Celtics, as you mentioned, going 22 of 23, just under 96%. They set a record. Four consecutive playoff games now. Boston has shot collectively 
over 90% as a team has never been done by an NBA team up until tonight. Celtics, 95.7%, but four consecutive games in the NBA playoffs, over 90% as a team. So uh, jot that one down in your memory. Banks, Phoenix up 103.94, moving down to the six-minute mark there in the Valley of the Sun. Again, Suns need to win this one to cut it to two games to one, and we'll see how that one moves forward. Uh, San Francisco got Milwaukee out, so now they're batting in the bottom of the eighth, still leading 5-4. to four. Angels did push that run across in the bottom of the tenth, so they knock off Texas 5-4. to four. Again, they trailed that game 4 nothing. come back and win. Mariners still batting bottom of the ninth, down 6-4 to the Houston Astros after coming back from 4 nothing and tying that game. They relinquished the lead back that to game, the Astros. That game is over. Is it over? It's a double play. Yeah. All right, there you go. And uh, Carolina, a 6-1 route of New Jersey. Total was 5.5 shaded to the under. So you could have got some plus money if you took that game over with Carolina and the New Jersey Devils. A quick turnaround, as I said, they'll be back in Jersey on Sunday and play the next game. Now, tomorrow, Noah Parker, we've got the Knicks and the Heat from Miami. It's up to four now. We're sitting at three and a half. Many places opened at three. 208 and a half. Jimmy Butler uh, looking like he's going. I mean, we know he's going. It's just how effective will he be? Knicks a little banged up as well, but looking like everybody's probably going to play tomorrow. Uh, your take, because I know you I know you have a lot of confidence in this Knicks team. Uh, Jimmy Butler, to me, was the hottest player of any team in the postseason so far, as far as NBA basketball, and uh, then that ankle roll, and he sat out game two. The Knicks, a late run, able to get the win. Brunson and company uh, did what they needed to do. It wasn't pretty, and they really struggled, and they were actually down 93-86 in that game, but came back and got the six-point win. Your take tomorrow from Miami, that game will go at twelve thirty Pacific time. Right now, the Heat minus four, two hundred eight and a half. Your total. Yeah, before I go into the betting uh, perspective analysis, for my part, I'll go into my fandom mode to start. Uh, the Knicks need to uh, u- utilize Mitchell Robinson more, um, not just offensively but defensively, and keep him out of foul trouble. That's that's the big key right there. They need him to be able to stabilize, bam out of Bayou. Um, I mean, they haven't rebounded like they did in the Cleveland series offensively. So if he can stay on the court, get rebounds, cause disruption on the on the defensive end, um, you know, they win this game. I mean, that's the key. Obviously, the guy can't hit free throws, and he's and he's uh, a liability end of the game. But to get to the end of the game with a lead is huge. Um, it, it's just it's just that big. I mean, need Rand- they need Randall to be healthy, obviously, and uh, Brunson obviously be healthy, but also quickly. I mean, the guy has disappeared for the most part since the playoff started. The guy was, was an incredible, an incredible regular season. He's up for sixth man of the year, uh, which is uh, something that's you know you can't just not pay attention to. He's been that good off the bench, and for him to not put up numbers like he's been doing in the regular season is kind of uh, odd to see. So he needs to wake up too. From a betting perspective, plus four, I'm not touching the game. What I'm doing with this game is no matter who wins game three, I'm going the other way game four. If the Heat win game three, the Knicks win game four. If the Knicks win game three in Miami and get home court back, they'll they'll just take their foot off the gas pedal. They'll, they, they probably will lose game four, go back to the garden, uh, tied it to. So I'm not betting game three at all. I'll sit back and watch. Uh, and if there's no major injuries, we'll also get to see how healthy Jimmy Butler's ankle really is. After game three, I'm going the other way of whatever happens in game three and playing that side, the other side on game four. 
All right, good stuff. Meanwhile, the Warriors, nice dominant effort after the first quarter last night, really opened things up and beat the Lakers 127-100. Crazy that that total opened 227.5, closes 226.5, and lands right in the middle at 227. Tomorrow, Warriors and Lakers, it is Lakers minus 3, 227.5 is your total. Where are you on this one? Anthony Davis so dominant in game one. LeBron played a great game last night, but Anthony Davis kind of kept under wraps, only had 11 points. And, you know, I mean, if he if you hold him to 11 points and seven rebounds, four assists, four turnovers in 33 minutes, I'm feeling good if I'm Golden State as far as coming out on top. Now, Hachimura was solid, 21 off the bench, uh, but really the only guy off the bench that did anything. And LeBron, really a solid first half, finished with 23. But Russell, only 10 points. Reeves had 7. Uh, Vanderbilt had 6. You don't need a lot of points from him, but you need rebounds and uh, no turnovers. He only had one last night. Schroeder, who had 19 in the first game, only 4 last night. Uh, so some of those guys have to step up. But something tells me the Lakers are going to get that game. Right now they're minus 3. Uh, i got to say that Golden State switched it around. So uh, kudos to Steve Kerr putting Jamichael Green in the starting lineup. He was very solid, especially in the first half, 6 of 9 from the floor, 3 of 6 from downtown, finished with 15 points. That was huge. Uh, Draymond also did Draymond things. Nearly had a triple-double, had 11 points, 11 boards, and 9 assists, and only 2 turnovers. Curry with 20, he's okay with that as long as Clay Thompson's going to fill it. Clay 8 for 11 from downtown. Steph was 3 of 5. So between the two of them, 11 for 16 from three-point range, that'll get it done most of the time. And they shot 50% collectively as a team, 21 of 42 from behind the arc. Very impressive. Over 50% as a team from the floor. What about the Lakers? Do they rebound in L.A., or is this another one that you're going to stay away from in Game 3? I'll be honest. If you look at the stats of uh, Anthony Davis in odd games, this series, every other game the guy shows up. It's unbelievable how much of a disparity from each game is. He can't have two games in a row where he uh, is productive. All right, so we uh, all of a sudden, cell phone, the art of cell phones, Noah Parker just all of a sudden, uh, I don't know if aliens abducted him and uh, he doesn't know it yet, but we're going to see if we can get a better connection, bring him back. Uh, for the final segment, but we'll take a break here. Uh, final segment of the evening coming up on a Friday fiasco. Again, Dan Duva joining us, hour number one, the voice of the Golden Knights. That was solid. Kept him a couple segments. A fellow Jersey guy had no idea that we grew up very close to each other up in North Jersey. And what a great job he does calling those Golden Knights games. 1340 is their home station here on the AM side of the dial in uh, you know in Las Vegas, and then you can pick up the Golden Knights every, everywhere. I mean, they're just... Uh, you know, one of those teams and one of those National Hockey League teams that you're going to be able to pick up everywhere. But appreciate Dan stopping by, Mark Hoke running the show, and, of course, the Crooklyn Ball and Noah Parker. Hopefully we'll have a better connection. Come back, wrap things up on a Friday fiasco. It's getting crazy in Phoenix, 109-104. Three minutes to go, fourth quarter. Suns trying to hold on to get that series down to 2-1. to one. Denver wins it. They'll go up 3-0. We're live from Vegas. We wrap things up on 101.5 FMK Dawn, streaming live on that Odyssey app, A-U-D-A-C-Y. I'm Ken Thompson. You're listening to SportsX Radio. We'll be right back. I love it. 
little Marvel, Mar, the Marcells coming back with the little Blue Moon, the Marcells. Uh, Noah Parker, I should have asked you because you're pretty good on your uh, your old school music. Your Motown, you're pretty solid on. Uh, but that was my mom's stuff, the 50s, man. She just loved the 50s music. And Mark Hoke's been in the hits here on a Friday fiasco. Good to have you back, man. Didn't know if you got abducted by aliens because all of a sudden your cell phone, man, you started sounding like uh, you were out there in another galaxy. But we got you back to wrap things up. Are you, are you with us? Yeah, you know, the problem was I think they heard me talking about, you know, talking bad about the Warriors and, uh, you know, Draymond Green must have put it APB. Yeah, something out, something against me. Uh, my point was, though, I, I will be zagging back to the Lakers after that game because AD doesn't play two good games in a row. So he'll be nice and rested up. Uh, they didn't care about that game in game two. They already flipped home court. Um, as long as Clay Thompson with a P isn't shooting like Ken Thompson with no P, uh, going eight for 11, whatever it was, I think the you know Lakers have a good chance to win that game at home and cover. Um, to bring the series back to 2-1. There you go. Noah Parker, of course, uh, he's uh, known for slashing to the rack back in the day. But you're not even playing hoops anymore. I don't even know what, I don't even know who you are, man. You used to be, I, I was, uh, you know, you were the only Filipino I ever saw dunk a ball. Uh, an incredible, I'd never forget the first, it was like one of the first times I ever played ball with you. We were on the same team. And some guy just like, like blew by you and you were kind of like loafing and I'm just like, I'm like, ah, I was about to yell at you. And then all of a sudden you skied and just swatted this ball off the backboard. Like you were waiting for the guy to get past you so you could block it from behind. And I was like, Oh my gosh, this kid's got some, he's got some hops, man. And then, uh, you know, we ended up starting playing ball together all the time and, and that was good stuff. Then we were on the same softball team there and Chuck Edel, of course, was the pitcher. You were in center field, the Grinch is in left field. And, uh, you know, then I realized, all right, I know you're the leadoff batter, but you don't have to just run over into left field every time. And, and Grinchy's got a can of corn, fly ball to left, and there comes this guy from the road runner from center field, and he's got to run in front. It's like, hey, the ball's in left field. I'm here, bro. Don't worry about it. But that was uh, the Crooklyn ball, man. And uh, we've played a lot of ball together, but no more hoops for you. Is that it? Is, it, is the career over at 39? At 38, 38 and a half, almost 39 in, in a few months, but... There's no point in a risking injury at this at this age, uh, at this junction of my life. I've accepted the fact that these kids are just faster than me now. They jump higher than me. And, uh, you know, I'll, I'll wait till my kids are old enough and I'll go back to playing ball again. But there's no point for me risking an ACL or an Achilles and going down playing, you know, just trying to get cardio out there. Uh, and then I'll mess up my golf game. So um, at the end of the day, it's not worth it. I do miss it mentally. I know I could be out there, but... You know, I've seen too many of people my age going down with stupid fluke injuries playing in a rec league game. There you go. And, of course, yeah, don't want to – I mean, you're, you're gearing up for the senior tour as far as uh, golf. So, uh, you know, I don't want to take that. I don't want that on my conscience. All right, uh, Kentucky Derby tomorrow. Last night, Pat Casal and Louis Masri breaking things down. And then Curtis Stock, who wrote a book on the Turcotte family and Secretariat, that great run uh, back in the day before you were even born. Uh, these guys went over the car to Churchill Downs, Noah Parker. Got to get your take on the Kentucky Derby because you're a horse player. Forte, the favorite out of the 15 slot. 15 slot. Uh, but Louis likes uh, the 14, Angel of Empire, as did Curtis Stock. They both like Angel of Empire. Uh, but then Pat Casal, he thinks Forte will be in there, but he likes 17, the Japanese horse, Derma Sotogake, and also likes Kings Barnes, the sixth horse. And he said, keep an eye on the other 
Japanese entry now that has uh, been put in because of several scratches. Mandarin Hero. Where is Noah Parker, the Crooklyn baller, going tomorrow as far as the uh, Kentucky Derby? Love the name. Mandarin Hero, the Japanese horse with the Chinese name. I'm not playing any of those <laughs> those horses because of, uh, I mean, you don't know the competition they, they beat out there. Yeah, they won by eight to ten lengths, but who, who are they running against? Will not be going against. I'm not taking the favorite in Forte either. I actually won the Kentucky Oaks. They had 11 to one, pretty mischievous uh, with Tyler Gaffleyon. So I don't expect to win the Oaks and the Derby, but I am taking Tappage Rice, the five horse, Louis Saez. Uh, you know, I, strong horse there comes from a, a obviously Tappage, the name everybody recognizes. I'm on that horse. So Forte was strong in the Florida Derby, but I, I'm passing on the favorite. Um, which is usually in the for the last 15 years, the favorite's been in the running a lot of those races. But going with Tapatrice is probably the second or third choice in most people's books. And I'm going to take a flyer on Dace's Road, the 12 horse, 50 to one morning line. Uh, I, you know, I'll put a couple bucks on that horse on that horse too. There you go. Yeah, Louis Masri actually likes uh, Tapatrice as well, along with uh, Angel of Empire. So he's got those two, and then uh, also has Derma Sotogaki. Uh, with uh, Lemaire. I don't know if Lemaire, I guess Lemaire will be on that horse, uh, but that's another Japanese entry. So that's what we've got. And if you missed any part of the show from Thursday, you can go back and they gave out all the races from race four through race 12. And Pat Casal will be hosting on Monday. So he'll have a complete review of the entire card from Saturday over there at Churchill Downs. Panish is there, Brian Panish and Louis Masri. They're taking it in right there. Uh, the land of 8, 80,000 hats. I mean, it's 150,000, and they say 80% of the women wear a hat. Have you been there yet, Noah Parker, or is that a uh, bucket list deal where you and the Grinch, we're going to go to the uh, Kentucky Derby, we'll just have to kind of uh, stow away in, in, in Panish's Learjet? I uh, haven't been there. It's definitely a bucket list item. Uh, you know, I've been to Del Mar many times, as you know, and that that is also a place where you just see the most luxurious hats. But haven't been to uh, the Mint Julep area uh, in Kentucky yet, but one of these days I'm going to be singing that old Kentucky song and uh, – watching that race before I go. I have to go at least once as an avid horse player, but for now I'm going to stick with the West Coast. Uh, nothing wrong with going to Del Mar, Santa Anita, uh, at least once a year. All right, so did you, did you give me a play on uh, game three, the Warriors-Lakers? Did you like that game at all, Lakers yeah, minus three? I, I, I zig back to the Lakers, yes. Uh, okay. I, I really trust AD having a good third game. Every other game he's played exceptionally well, and then he just takes a game off the game after. I think they'll have a strong game three. Um, tomorrow night in L.A., make the statement, make the series back to 2-1. But game four, it's going to be tough to win both games in L.A. All right. So, you know, we almost hear that Orioles magic music every night on a weekday night. Now, tomorrow they're playing in Atlanta. We won't be on the air. But Kyle Bradish, I mean, hopefully he gets some run support. But that Spencer Strider is outstanding for Atlanta. How about the Braves are minus 250 at the Westgate Superbook, total 8.5. But I'm going to play the Orioles anyway, man. 22 and 10, why not, man? They just find ways to score, and uh, nobody's going undefeated. So Spencer Strider going to get his first L. Mark Hoke, what do you think, man? How about a plus 230 on your boys tomorrow? Ah, oh, that's a tough matchup. I, oh, Ken, you know, you know what my heart's going to say, but yeah, you know what? Stay away from it. I can't. It's I can't bring myself pennies. To say it. I can't. I can't bring myself to say it. I can't do it. <laughs> Crooklyn baller, right? Like Chuck Edel would say, it's worth a few pennies. I'll throw a few pennies on that one. 
worth a view. I see a three to two game. Take the Orioles on the run line. You'll still get close to plus money. Uh, I like that play a lot more than money. I don't know if they win this game. Strider's really good. Uh, rookie of the year, obviously, but Bradish hasn't been too bad. I actually like the under in that game more than anything, but if you're going to take a side, why not take the Orioles on the run line, getting a run uh, in a game that should be close? Okay, and they are right now, yes, they're plus a run and a half, minus 105, so just about even money, and you get the Orioles plus a run and a half, courtesy of the Crooklyn baller, Noah Parker. At Crooklyn Baller, you can follow him on Twitter. He is my good pal, Noah Parker. I'm sure he's got a busy weekend, of course, the father of two beautiful boys, and uh, he'll be out there on the link somehow. He'll find a way to escape, and uh, Tristan's the oldest. He'll be the uh, the first of the two caddies, and uh, then it'll just depend, uh, you know, which one is uh, punished for the weekend, whether or not they got a caddy for the old man down the line, right? 100%. 100%. Or, or, or get my action in one or the other. There you go. That's right. Running numbers back in the day. Noah, have a great weekend, man. Always appreciate you coming on. Great insight, and I know you do a great job in the association. Hopefully the Knicks take care of business and uh, at least get it back to New York 2-2, two to two, like you said, but hoping they can win tomorrow. But I uh, really appreciate you taking time out of your Friday night, pal. Hey, thanks for having me on. As always, go Knicks. There you go. Great stuff from Noah Parker. And that'll about do it here on a Friday fiasco. Thanks to my producer, Mark Hoke. His Mark, uh, the Mark Hoke Show coming up on Sunday. Tune in if you miss it. He's got it all set up archive-wise, but it's 8 to 10 a.m. right here, 101.5 FM Dawn, and streaming live on the Odyssey app. Till Monday when Pat Casal takes over, I'll be back on Tuesday. You know the rules. No drinking and driving, no texting and driving. Most of all, God bless our troops. God bless you. Live from Vegas, Sports X Radio, 101.5 FM Dawn. I'm Ken Thompson. I've enjoyed it. For my producer, Mark Hope, for Noah Parker, God bless, folks. Have a great weekend. Talk to you on Tuesday. Pat, I know Monday. Good night, everybody.